0: Hey, welcome to Reforming Slavics. Uh, My name is Nick, and I'm Tom, and uh, today we have a guest, uh, Pastor Paul Ashoga. Uh, We've known him for a heck of a long time. Uh, We used to go to the same church, and he's now a pastor at a church, and he's doing great, and we wanted to interview him here, his story and his journey, so Paul, welcome.
1: Thanks, guys, for having me. Uh, It's an honor and a privilege to hang with you guys
0: yeah, we, had, we, I mean, you, when I started going to youth, you were a youth leader, Paul went to go on, take a cough, and <laughs> you were a youth leader, and uh, was was it, I was going to ask, was it your initial desire, once you kind of became a youth leader and you went to Bible school, was it like your goal to become a pastor?
1: Um, I think, I don't know if that is a goal that I had. Um, I think my desire was to serve the Lord and I think um, that was activated through the time in Bible school and even before then God was stirring things in my heart you know the calling of a person happens very in, in an interesting way and I think it's very unique to every person but I think God uses different moments in our lives to call us so I don't think there was a specific knowledge of like this is what I'm gonna be but is this is what my life is going to look like? It was more of that, and um, yeah, just uh, as as time went on, more and more got understood and unveiled, and you just feel the call impressed in your life. So it was Dude. more of a gradual
0: kind of acceptance and learning. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So you what, did you? I don't want to say did you plant a church or did you kind of join a church? How how would you phrase it? Yeah, so um, I think
1: probably both and, um, just because, um, yeah, when, we've, when we sort of stepped out um, out of our previous ministry that we were a part of for a better part of a decade, a little more, um, yeah, we, we felt the call of God in our lives to, um, that God was calling us to actually start a church for, specifically for the Slavic-American demographic. And that's what it was very vivid for us that we needed to reach uh, just because that's our background. And that's where we needed to really, um, who really saw falling through the cracks. And so when we stepped out um, and, and we actually joined a, a local church here called Christian Faith Center. And uh, we were part of the team um, as we planted our, uh, on at that time was our newest location, our Boise campus. And we started our Boise campus there and really just came on the team just to be, help in any way we could, my wife and I, Um, knowing that God was calling us to um, start uh, a church for the Slavic-American demographic, but not knowing how that was going to happen. We just wanted to be obedient. And in that season, God opened some other doors and strategic moments with leadership of um, the church now that we, you know, are a part of as well, Christian Faith Center. And um, about a year later, um, there was some moments that happened that God just confirmed and, uh, yeah we, we reached out back to the Slavic uh, American community in the valley and we saw there was a need uh, at that moment
0: and uh, pretty much that was the beginning of what we see today okay so when you when you're leaving um, your former church our former church um, so let it was it was kind of in a I would say a bad place people were hurting um, did you leave before or after the split occurred or like in between how, how did that like did that affect any decisions you made
1: um, I would say no. Um, so I think in any church, any church where there's people, is going to be an imperfect church. The church that's perfect is the one that has no people in it. And um, you know, but that's why we need the grace of God because it brings wholeness to our lives. And uh, so, so yeah, we were we were in in obviously in, in leadership there, working with the youth ministry and whatnot. Um, and um, we left after the the last the last split i guess happened so 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 you call it (laughs) split
0: divide i mean it was Um, it was just a rough time people were were disagreeing on certain things and it was just it was just a rough time for the church
1: yeah there's um, obviously there's going to be hurt everywhere you know when those kind of things happen but um i don't think that really motivated us that sort of it caused us maybe to pray more and we realized what god was giving on the inside of us we could not fulfill in our current place Um, And so it was actually something that was in our hearts years before even the split happened and uh, other things happened occurred God was already uh, Tilling the soil of our hearts for an English service of some sort which my wife and I very much so and some other leaders at at, at, in the church at that time youth leaders uh, wanted to uh, actually begin A work with uh, or an English service within the Russian Church Mm -hmm. within the Slavic Church and um, we as we made strides to fulfill that vision to make that happen we um, came to realize pretty quickly that um, it wasn't part of the vision of the elders and the pastors uh, that were over us and so our heart of being in submission to them and being in obedience to the Lord uh, we just started going to town praying and saying, Lord, if you're giving us this desire to start an English service, um, direct us, where would you like this to happen? Now, looking back, you know, hindsight is always twenty-twenty. I could see that what God had given on the inside of us, the atmosphere where we were in would not be able to sustain and would not be able to grow um, that, that seed uh, that God planted on the inside of us for what we saw uh, in the spirit so God to remove this and put us into a place to where we can continue to grow that vision that he called us to
0: yeah because I mean in general when people start new churches go to different churches it would be primarily because the church that they're at either can't facilitate a vision or um, doesn't have enough space you know a church is growing and they need to separate maybe there's a language barrier so it seems like the vision you guys had was hey there is there's this desire to have an English service for Slavic people. And the criticism, I, I mean, when I say criticism, I mean, every time you look at something, you have a criticism of something where you want to make something better, right? So the criticism would be, I didn't have an opportunity or didn't have the space to make, and criticism isn't a bad word. I'm not using it in a bad context. I'm saying there isn't a opportunity maybe to do that at this church. And so God led you guys to a different area where you guys can grow and prosper and have a vision for what you desired to do for the Lord, right? Is that kind of the...
1: Yeah, that's right. You know, one thing that's very important to understand for those maybe that have something burning on the inside of them and it's not happening in your current place where you're located, in your church, uh, your your, your pastors don't understand you, what's going on. I will say this much. If God has given you a vision from heaven or has called you to something, maybe it's planning a church, maybe it's starting an English service, and... You're getting opposition and it's not working out. God will never ask you to do things that are going to hurt other people in your midst. And you need to understand that concept. And if you honor that and do things out of love to your neighbor and out of love to the people around you um, and out of honor to the leadership that's above you, um, in due season and in due time, God will make a, open a door and make a way for his will to be done. Yeah. If he's called you, regardless, it's going to happen. It just might not happen you might have the call right but the timing is wrong
0: so you just have to wait for your timing uh, to happen and God will make a way yeah so how was the transition you guys you guys uh, leave this congregation um, and you guys know join this one you guys are trying to help us any way you can Um, what were some challenges just first of all leaving a church that you've been at for a decade almost no not more than a decade right Like, and leaving all the people, not all the people, you know, but a lot of the people you knew there and joining a brand new congregation, you know, being bright eyed and bushy tail, just out in the open, you know, how was that? How was that?
1: Uh, For my wife and I, we actually treated um, our um, leaving the Slavic community and sort of sort of just disconnecting from it for the for the better part of a year about uh, totally. We treated it as a mission trip. I would say, um, and we looked at it as a, a mission from the Lord, a mission from, a mandate from God. And so when we went, when we left, we didn't leave with hurt. We didn't leave with with confusion. We didn't. We were, We knew what we needed to do. Uh, we heard from the Lord, and we didn't have any doubt in our hearts about it. And we believed God about it. It was. It was one of the hardest decisions that we had to make for us, but it was one of the most rewarding decisions that I've ever made in my life. Um, and so it was it wasn't easy at all. It's it's your family. It's people that, you know, it's you get treated as a um, as a predator, right, as a betrayer uh, to, in some retrospect. Right. Some people, that's how they look at it. Um, but that's that wasn't at all. You know, and I'll mention in, in regards to this a little bit. I think typically what we would hear growing up in a Slavic church if someone left and go to an American church. Um, It would either because they're in sin, because they have backslidden, you know, they just want the, the they they want the loud music
0: and stop wearing skirts. And so,
1: and so they, and so that is the excuse that we use when somebody leaves a community church that's based around a community, not, not around like a faith, but more of a a, a culture church like that, a subculture, like a Slavic culture. And when somebody leaves, we have to make, it, make a reason why because we don't want to face the facts sometimes, not everybody, but sometimes that we need to change something about ourselves in order for people not to leave. And that's a harder thing to do for a whole culture and a whole community. So instead of doing that, we actually diminish the people that leave and say, well, they left because X, Y, and Z, because, you know, they're in sin. So for us, when we left, we left on very good standing. So I think it did confuse a lot of people and it did not make sense. But we left with a burden on our hearts, a burden to reach the people that were falling through the cracks the the slavic american the people that were getting married their kids don't speak the russian or ukrainian they're leaving the slavic church and they're attending other american churches and it's a good thing if they're attending
2: Hmm.
1: but and, and some a small percentage have enough capacity to start getting involved but most of them uh are just either attending and if they're not attending they're not going anywhere you know sometimes even and that's even worse
0: because then i mean it's just that's a person that has been just left behind yeah or they're bouncing around and so they might be going to church but they're not part of a community in a church and a body
1: yeah because you can't you can't flourish you can't develop if you're not connected to a local body
0: yeah um just asking you about some challenges um what were some, did you have any culture shock moments? I know you were a missionary and you've traveled around the world, so you were familiar with like, you know, different cultures, different kinds of people, but were there some things that you, I guess, were nostalgic about <laughs> when you left? Um, that's like
1: two questions in one, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, absolutely, in every culture there is there is differences. There are things that we do differently, there are things that we are used to, the ways that we're raised, right? Um, you won't see, Animals, dogs are, you know, it, coming to a Sunday morning service, you know, in any Russian church. I mean, any Slavic church, you know. You show me a church that, I mean, that's like, you know, that would be Greek, you know. But um, in, in uh, in yeah, in the American community, that's, uh, you know, don't be too surprised if you see that. Like someone has a service dog or, you know, it's, it's a man's best friend, you know. And so uh, those kind of things, I would say um, we were pretty pretty submerged already in the american culture just because of other ministry outside of church that we had um that really got our feet wet already in that and so there wasn't too much shift right there but i think one of the biggest things that we needed to overstep ourselves with is the form that we were used to we had to overstep it and realize that life is not in the form form is just it's there's different forms in different seasons And it's not about a certain structure, but it's about what's behind it, what the point of it is. And so I think those kind of things, we had to overstep a little bit ourselves. Um, Not, I think that an important lesson the Lord taught us almost right off the bat is to become a little, if you want to become all things to all people, like Apostle Paul said, you're going to have to become a little blind and a little deaf. And what I mean by that is you're going to have to stop noticing everything noticing the way someone dressed, noticing someone's gauges, noticing someone's hair color, noticing things form again, form that you're not used to and that you think is uh, unholy or a sin or whatnot. And you're going to have to maybe not hear everything. You're going to have to close your ears to some things to, to maybe now I'm not talking about the essentials. I'm talking about just to uh, the way things are done. Uh, and, and other things like that, you're going to have to be, uh, have the capacity to be able to mystique, uh into your life, see
0: um things that are a little different for the sake of the gospel. For, for example, like, do you guys do feet washing at your church currently?
1: Well, I hope all our members wash their feet on their own time, um, <laughs> but that's something that we do not, that's an ordinance we do not uh, practice um, in, yeah, within, as
0: much as I know, within the assemblies of
1: God. Yeah. So I was just that, the, that was like one on of the English side. I was that was, that was
0: I was assuming that was like one of the things that would be different. Um, a lot of people ask, why do you guys, as a, as a church or as a contemporary church, use lights and fog machines? Do you guys use fog machines? Oh, absolutely. We let the glory cloud come <laughs> and fill the house. So some people criticize you for that. Can you can you give like a a reason or kind of like your mentality of ministry in regards to? Uh, exterior things like that. So, uh, this is a very, uh,
1: I think, big question in itself, and I'll explain why. There, there's an easy answer to say, well, yeah, because we want to reach, you know, the the next generation. We want to be contemporary. We want to use modern technology, and that in itself is sort of true. But that's not the full truth. That's not 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 that it's not the full truth, but there it's a deeper moment here. Um, if you look through Scripture. You see the worship of the Old and the New Testament being very loud, very expressive, very, um, very expressive to the Lord. Not only in word, but in, in your whole body. You're clapping, you're shouting to the Lord, you're using musical instruments. I mean, it's, it's everything they had that was modern. Back in that day, they used to worship God. Fast forward to Revelation john sees worship in heaven and if you read through you see smoke you see it was glory cloud but you see lights i mean you see things were bright things were loud things were worshiping god um, like it was a movement in heaven you know and if you read he's likening everything to what he knew at that time like rushing mighty wind and and thousands of you know people singing in the choir and all these things happening so I say all that to say this, that reserved worship, if we're talking about worship in a service that we're used to, reserved worship is actually a thing that was taught by man, not by the Bible. Scripture teaches very expressive worship, very uh, loud worship. It's, it, it, it teaches us to pray with our, and sing with our hands up, clapping. It teaches us to be expressive. And so everything that we know that is reserved is actually taken from religion. It's taken from past religions that people have been influenced by. Catholicism, Russian Orthodox Church, very stoic, very, very common nature, very reserved. And so when I talk to people about worship, and let's say that is one thing that gets in their way, um, we have to go back to scripture. Because you can talk about your feelings. I could talk about my feelings. But let's look at the Word of God and let's dig deep and let's look what it says, you know, and let's see what happened when the, when the Word of God was written. Let's see how people reacted. Let's see how expressive they were. And um, I think when you look at that, that's where I get my basis to do the things I do. Um, and so, you know, if we live in a modern day and age where we have different technologies that they never had back in the day. With, let's talk about fog machines and, and lights and all those things are for aesthetics. It's to make it beautiful. And we want to give the best that we can to the Lord. And so I, I've, I've heard this one before. Well, what's the difference between the church and a rock concert? It looks the same. I will tell you there's a big difference. And the difference is the presence of God. In a rock concert, people are glorifying flesh. They're glorifying a singer, a person. Well, in church, we glorify Jesus and He's sitting on the throne. And I will say this much. You can have a traditional service but if Jesus is not being glorified but the pastor because he's such a good speaker or the person that's leading the hymnals worship, then you're wrong because you're glorifying a person instead of God. God has to get the glory. It doesn't matter what form it comes in. It can come in a very ultra charismatic form. It can come in a traditional form. Jesus has to be on the throne. That's what it's really about. It's not about the lights
0: and the, and the fog. and nothing, None of that matters if Jesus is not there. I think that's a, that's a great answer. Um, I think that really helps a lot of people, um, reason, reason through uh, different cultures and different kinds of worship. But the goal is to worship Jesus like he's on the throne. And uh, your church really embodies the idea that we're using everything we can, everything modern day to glorify God the best we can, because he is our object of worship, right? That the whole point is like, he is worthy of praise. And so he's the object of that. Um, what is your vision? Um, for I guess the next five ten years. I mean, we can't predict, but five ten years of the Slavic Church, um, because you would you you are not only a pastor of a Slavic congregation. We didn't mention this, but also you are a pastor of uh, an American congregation and different different language groups, um, and so you can address that <laughs> but you can you can address uh, can you address like what is your vision specifically for the Slava community that you are shepherding is it to eventually incorporate everyone together do you see other churches around the Slavic community um, some things they're doing right some things you would um, sh- allow help them or make I guess want them to strive for do you understand where I'm going like what is the encompassing vision that you have at least or that you think of in your church and then the surrounding area
1: yeah, that's a great question. So I have a friend, a pastor friend of mine that likes to say this phrase. He says, you need different types of churches to reach different types of people. And that's not going anywhere. You're going to need uh, Russian-speaking churches. You're going to need Ukrainian-speaking churches. You're going to need uh, traditional churches. You're going to need contemporary churches to reach those different demographics, those different subcultures. You need, you're need. you going to need Hispanic churches. You're going to need... Um, I mean, different, different ways, as long as that represents the community. If that is the community that you're in, you're going to have to have a church that can connect with those people. Uh, my understanding, and I'll even say even more, I look at ourselves, our Slavic campus, as an extension of the ministry we were previously a part of in the Russian community, in the Slavic community. And I'll tell you why. I understand that God has called us, uh, my wife and I, to to, re, to continue the ministry that we began in the place we were at. The elders and the pastors of, of the Slavic communities that are older right now, they are not called to do what we're doing. They, they they won't be able to do it because there's language barriers, there's culture barriers, there's a lot of things. I cannot expect them to do this, what, what we're doing right now. And this is what I'm understanding right now, that I'm not working against them, I'm working with them it's actually if i the best way i can honor my pastors i was under my leadership that invested time into me when i was younger when i was in youth when i was a young adult is doing what i'm doing now which is taking that torch and carrying it on to the next generation because not everybody is called not everybody is called to step out some people are called to stay but you're going to need a church that can minister to the older generation but you're going to have to be, have a, be a church that can send out people to get the younger generation as well. You see? And so that's when you talk about the, the culture, you're going to have to have a both end. I don't, I don't look at ourselves as working against the Slavic community. We're actually continuing the work that was once begun uh, in, in, our, in our younger days. And so um, what I see happening um, with, let's say, the Slavic churches I feel like the next five years, um, in, in the, even the next 10 years, um, there's a lot of churches that are gonna have to make a shift. They're gonna have to. They have no choice. Either they make a shift, they, they die out, or they just diminish slowly. It's gonna have to happen. Be- the fact of the matter is, you look at any other immigration that ever happened in the United States, eventually those churches either died out or they transition into an English-speaking church. Um, and, and that can start slow, that can start with adding an English service, that can start with adding translation, but that has to happen. That's a fact. I think Stevie Wonder sees that it has to happen. You know, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's something that we're faced with in this generation. Um, particularly for me, I value my Slavic roots. I was born and raised in the United States, but I didn't realize how Slavic I was until, let's say this war, Ukrainian war broke out. Or something else. You're very connected to it. You're very connected. It's it's your lifeblood. It's what's in you. Um, So you're very interconnected with roots. And it wouldn't be right for a Slavic person that grew up in the United States to just throw away their history, their background. It's not right. And it's going to take maybe my children's generation already will have less of the Slavic culture. And I'm okay with that. But it wouldn't be right to take and try to make everybody americans right now mm-hmm. or americans right now so you there is a we're almost a hybrid generation you know hybrid means there's two things in one uh electric engine and a gas engine well we're we have two in one right now we have our slavic side and the american side right and so we have to live with this we're not like our parents but we're not like the culture fully and so it's somewhere in between
0: i like that that's a good answer um i
2: have a question you know when uh we think about like you know different cultures coming into America, do you think that I'm trying to think of like you know when you know back in Greece or something like in Jesus's day or apostle Paul's day I mean you know when all the other cultures would have like a service or something uh I'm wondering like how how is the evangelism you know go within uh an American, I mean, I guess, a Russian only speaking church. <laughs> so I guess, Sorry, let, let, me le, let me rephrase it, I guess. Um, do, you, do, you, like, do you see the challenges that a lot of, uh, like when I went to Slavic Russian church, I saw like there was kind of a very big challenge in evangelizing. You
1: know. Yeah, because there is only so much. Again, the church has to represent the culture around it. Mm-hmm. So I want if you want, in any church planting conversation, this is what the question is going to be. Which community am I going to be reaching? So the church has to represent who you have on stage has to represent who you have outside the walls of the church. If you want to attract the people in that city, you're going to have to have the people of that city inside that church as well and on stage. So I'm talking about in worship and in representing that, right? So if you have, if you live, uh, for instance, in a um, uh, Latino community, in a Hispanic community, but you have all uh, non-Hispanics in the church, what are the chances that you're going to reach the Hispanics that are surrounding your church?
0: Very unlikely.
1: Very unlikely, that's right. So, so you, you have to understand who you're ministering to and who's directly around your church. Now, another truth that we need to know is that with a, a community church will attract the community that's almost directly within around that church. A cultural church will attract the culture, which can be all throughout, in our case, all throughout the valley. And the culture people are willing to drive to get to a church. Where a community church, they're not going to drive more than a few minutes right they want they want it to be right down the street so when we talk about evangelism um if it's just a russian only russian speaking only church you can only evangelize so much because um there there there's the fact is that there's a limited amount of slavic people right and so now there are more a lot more now but um that you really, you really can't continue that arm of your ministry. So a lot of Slavic churches, what they'll do is they'll have missions outside of their church, right? Mission trips and, and different places, which is totally fine, totally good. But at some point we need to decide, is this something that our church is gonna be about? And what I've noticed is a church that has the evangelism arm working um, is a church that's gonna be always in, infused with life, always infused with freshness and vision. When you stop multiplying, multiplying, giving birth to new believers, you're going to start dividing. So it's either you multiply or you divide. And that's why I think when, when a church is not multiplying, it grows stagnant, it starts dividing. It starts arguing over over things and everything. That's just that's just something. And I think the Lord allows that. So people divide and then they have fresh vision and then they go do something even better. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, because um, we, we used to go to... Uh, downtown Boise, and just uh, street evangelize, and um, you know it was successful to the point of you can discuss um, topics that are biblical and uh, preach the gospel to the people around it. But that's kind of where it ended because you had limited opportunity to invite someone to a community because you spoke Russian, your congregation spoke Russian, their services on Sunday were in Russian, and so. They weren't really, you know, interested or even if they were interested, they wouldn't be able to understand. And there's only a certain amount of information you get from a headset every other Sunday, you know. So absolutely. And
1: that's why I think um, I'm so humbled and just so blessed um, to see that the Lord saw our, our burden that we were burdened with. We were burdened with not seeing people saved. Uh, we were burdened with that. Um, I think we're evangelists at heart, my wife and I. And so we had that in our heart and so being a part of a community now to where we're seeing multicultural people coming together we see different you know nationalities in under one roof i mean it's such a blessing and we see people give their life to the lord on a weekly basis no exaggeration across all our campuses christian faith center is a we're all we're, we're i mean we're a very gospel oriented church we love to preach the gospel so people get saved and we want to love people to life, bring people to the house of God and, and have their life transformed. And I think within the first year of uh, being even a part of, of a church plant in Boise, I saw more people get saved inside a church building than I did in the previous 10. And I'm not saying this to diminish my previous ministry. I I, I revere and respect and honor my previous leadership. Like um, the, I know they invested in me, uh, you know, spiritual leaders in my life in a sense. Um but i understand that the church is called to bring other people to the lord as well it's not called to just bless one another bless itself and that's it you know uh, we need to continue to reach out we need to continue to go and um, part of it is starting new churches part of it is you know that so i think uh, going back to vision in the next 10 years our vision as a church is to reach 10 cities uh, and see ten thousand decisions for the lord and uh, we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it at any cost. It's gonna be to, towards more Slavic communities, more Hispanic communities, more Latino communities, any other subcultures that are within our culture, we wanna start churches. And we want
0: the gospel to be preached and people to get saved. I mean, that is the Great Commission. So <laughs> um, I, had, I had a couple questions in regards to uh, just, as you're going through all these changes, right, you um, join a new church, you step into ministry, Then you become a pastor of a Slavic campus, and then um, you're asked to join and be a pastor not only of a Slavic campus, but a campus of American-speaking people. Um, Since the moment you kind of left or kind of transitioned from the Slavic community to where you are now, were there any uh, just theological shifts that you had or just thought processes that kind of changed in your mind in regards to um, probably, obviously not the gospel, the gospels core, but are there some side issues that you've, uh, kind of been reformed in or changed in over the time you've, see yeah, I plugged that in from Islamics reformed. It's a great pun, <laughs> but were there some changes that occurred? Um, yeah, so right now, um, we're blessed to be, to
1: really lead two congregations, we have an uh, our community congregation and uh we have our slavic congregation so we yeah we're located in caldwell now we run we have three services we run them out of the same building and the first two are obviously full english for the community here in caldwell and um, we love the people of caldwell in our city um and then we have our slavic service which is also in english but we offer translation into russian Um, And then our worship would be half half Russian half uh, English. So it's very it's it's also very catered to the English-speaking Slavic person Um, but um, Yeah, there are changes. I think that come with growth, you know I think anytime you look anytime you look back a year ago or two years ago You will notice things and differences, you know of mindset and of understanding and that's normal that's good because that means you're growing spiritually and God opens up more God leads you more Um, I think the essentials um, obviously stayed the same Um, our foundation is the Word of God you know and uh, and that Um, but I think things that we've grown in uh, by the grace of God is really um, to have capacity to receive Different types of people to re- to receive, um, to see the gospel at work, to understand that without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. To see how much we're relying on him, not to be relying on our own performance, but to be relying on the grace of God in our lives. I think a big uh, misunderstanding is in the area of grace um, in, in, in a lot of folks that maybe grew up in a very... Um, Structured and religious background, it's very hard for them to understand uh, grace in a new way. And really, it's, I think, a person can grow in that if he desires to in the things of grace. And uh, a lot of things will break away when you give up form.
0: So, in regards to grace, are you talking about, like, let's say, if you live in a very structured, not, I want to say legalistic, but very law focused community, um, people tend to Maybe it's preached, maybe it's not, but people tend to recognize themselves as sinners and that they need to do something in order to make themselves not only pleasing to God, but to other people. And so there's this idea that, well, I am saved by grace, but I'm adding some stuff. I'm I'm going to church every Sunday. I'm dressing really nicely. I'm participating in ministry. Are you talking in regards to that kind of grace aspect of it?
1: Yeah, so obviously um, we cannot do anything to somehow... Uh, Come into good standing with God besides believing in the Lord Jesus Christ in our heart and confessing with our mouth that's what the Bible says we're saved by grace not by works so that no man could boast and unfortunately what happens if we start idolizing a form we automatically start boasting and thinking that we're pleasing God because we're doing something in a certain way and what I mean by form is I mean that church has to look only one way uh, even a, something simple like that I realized a, a simple truth that the reason um, why people need that start coming let's say people that will come and uh, I know the same things that I, that we get criticized for as a church loud music drums barabane, uh smoke fog whatever all those things I can care less if we have them or not I love it that we have it because we're utilizing it but what I've noticed is that that helps a person break out of their form that they're used to and, re- and start seeking something deeper. And that's a relationship with God. That's true worshiping the Father. It's breaking out of the form that they're used to. A form will keep you, it'll keep you constricted to, I need to do this, this, and this to somehow have good standing with God. But grace is not about that. Grace is you're saved by grace in Christ alone. My hope is found. I mean, only in Christ we can get saved. And so what a change of form, what it does in a person's life, it stops them clinging on and idolizing the form. And they start searching and worshiping God. So that's, I think, one of the biggest things. And I think uh, that is a process of growing in
0: grace. I think That's a really good answer. Tom, you have any questions in regards to theological views or anything like that?
2: No, I was... I was wondering, you know, when you talk about, like, form, are you're you talking about, like, man-made things, because obviously tradition is good. Sometimes, you know, it's according to Scripture, and every I believe, like, every nation will in heaven will bring some, some kind of tradition that glorifies God the most. So do you mean, like, uh, man-made things that could get in the way, right? Everything is man-made,
1: uh, at some point or another, man made it. Man put put it together, right? Some things were God inspired. Some things were, you know, inspired by a culture or by a generation. Um, what I see the church being, or what our job is as leaders in the church—spiritual leaders and pastors—I will say our job is to remove as much as we can from people getting to God, instead of ca- instead of putting things in the way. So if there are things. Uh, that I have set up in my church that are causing people not be able to get to Jesus, I need to start rethinking um, to maybe switch some things around. So if if I have to vet a person from work and let them know, hey, I want to invite you to church, but you're going to have to dress like this, put on this, do this, to come to the house of God, uh, or you can't come to church with me, there's a problem. Because the sinner is not able to approach jesus god Mm. we need to be a place to where people can come as they are not have remove as much as we can barriers between them and experiencing god's presence and being able to open up a place for them to meet jesus and to receive jesus into their heart and so what a form will do is it'll keep us in a place to where man i have to adhere to the form before i could actually come and enjoy and worship god
2: yeah because yeah because like you think about When uh, the very first early church, people would get together in their houses. So it was almost, it was just like, it was not something you had to prepare for that much, right? Yeah, one more example that I'll say. The Bible talks about that God created Adam
1: in the beginning. And Adam was created. So imagine Adam was just there. And then the Bible says that God breathed and Adam came to life. Adam came to life when God breathed on him. First there was a form of Adam, then there became Adam himself. We need to understand that life is never in the form. It can look differently. It can be in a house. It can be in a church. It could be standing. It could be sitting. It could be loud. It could be quiet. The life is in the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God comes, He'll bring it to life. It could be different forms. I welcome any form. But the Spirit of God has to be there.
0: Mm Um. There might be some people listening who um, you know, are really challenged because on one hand, they go to a Slavic service and um, their whole family is there. And they've been going there for a decade or two. Like, like, let's say they're not married. They're late 20s, early 20s, whatever. They're adults. And uh, they maybe visited an American church and they really like it. But there's this tension where it's like, I, I know this is my roots. This is all I've known. And now I want to go on an adventure here. Or maybe there's someone who um, wants to do what you did, um, started you know, prayerfully and over time a church where it's English-speaking and it's a Slava campus. What are some, maybe, some advice, some encouragement, some direction people can look into or point to saying, like, here are some things you can um, observe or look at to make your decision, either stay at your Slava community and work there or maybe God's calling you somewhere else. What are some pointers you can give if you can?
1: I would say this: um, If God is stirring in your heart, and usually if you are growing in the in the in walking with Him, He will at some point start stirring in your heart, and you start getting uncomfortable. That's usually a sign that God is getting ready to change something. Maybe it's relocate you, maybe it's um, promote you where you are, maybe it's move you somehow else, and that's totally fine. That uncomfortable, um, I would say the best reaction to that is start seeking the face of God. Start praying more, fasting more, doing whatever, learning, getting in closer to hear from the Lord. And I will say this, it's, it's the best way to go about it is to wait for God's timing. Um, I, I had people that would told me things prematurely. Hey, you should do this, you should do that. They were sort of great ideas, but I didn't want to jump out because someone f- thought it was a good idea. Um, I wanted to wait for the Lord's guidance. And trust me, when the timing comes, God will make a way. God will make it known and the best and, and God will make it happen that it's it's going to be the best decision of your life. Um, what I've seen, what I've seen is waiting on the Lord's timing is that because you're in the waiting, that means God is still preparing your next season. He's preparing what's going to happen and you rather wait for him to prepare and jump into it and, and, and have him lead you then jump out prematurely and then suffer (laughs) because it was an act of the flesh instead of the spirit. So I I would say do it everything that you do, do honorably. Um, Love your people that, uh, your your people you're with, your elders that you're under. Respect them. Don't argue. um, Don't, you know, there's always room for discussion but always have a spirit of humility, uh, meekness um, because the Lord has called you. You don't have to try to prove it to anybody.
0: In due time, God will elevate you and God will make a way. Yeah, I think that's good. And people, you know, people need to hear that. Because a lot of times, you know, you want to leave. Um, I've experienced with a lot of close friends who maybe want to go to an American church or leave and their parents are like, well, you, you know, you should stay here. And they don't want to dishonor their parents, you know. But they also want to pursue what God has called them to. And just it takes time and patience and um, honoring your parents and the way you do that. So I think that's really helpful to let people know, like, Just don't be brash and drop everything like, I'm going here, I'm going to do that. But it it does take some time sometimes.
1: Yeah, you can have a right idea, but do it in the wrong way. And you're going to cause issues. And so I think everything that we do, especially as believers, we need to do it with the Spirit of Christ. What would Jesus do in that situation? You know, I I know it's very hard sometimes. And uh, even when I was in youth leadership, I would always tell the youth, hey, as long as you're with your folks, you live with them respect them honor them honor their desire i've had people come to me even now and and wanting to join and want to do some said hey i mean do it as much as you can from your side in peace with your parents and um, it might not be the season for you now you know but there's going to come a time where where that will happen or where you're going to have to make your own decision and god will call you you'll sense that maybe it's when you have your own family maybe it's when you, you're ready to step out maybe you know god is going to call you and you're going to have to make that decision because you can't be living under the shadow of what are people going to think there's going to have a have to come a time in your life where you're gonna have to snap out of it and not mind what people think and care about what god thinks more
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting because we had an episode you know one of our first episodes was talking about slavic people leaving uh young Why are
0: slavic young people leaving the russian churches yeah
2: and one of our points was that if you're going to leave a church There could be reasons, right? It could be secondary issues. uh, Or it could be like small things. But ultimately, you have to make sure, you have to be super grounded in Scripture. You have to be very grounded to make sure that you're choosing a church for the right reasons. Or you're choosing, like, one of the reasons I wanted to go to a different church was because I was really, I was very hungry for, there to be more and more word preached that was that was satisfying according to the way I saw Scripture as well, and it's not something that it was like you know the secondary issues are are good reasons too like maybe like oh you prefer the worship here or here like because it's cool to have a lot of different choices you know in the valley. I mean, language
0: technically is a secondary issue, but. For some people it's crucial you know and so yeah there's different areas um kind of how you pick and what you pick go ahead, Tom. i would say um it's an it's i think it's very healthy to
1: have different churches because um wherever regardless where you go you have to make sure that it can be a place where you can be connected and accountable it's a place where you can do life together with other believers it's a place where people can get to know you deeper and you can get to know people deeper because that's the way God decided to work on us you know what's interesting is um, I say this example often before I was married I felt like I didn't have much uh, 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 problems with myself. I thought I was like a, a pretty good guy. I thought, you know. Then I got married and, and I started living, you know, with my wife and, and my wife started mentioning to me that I was sort of a slob sometimes, you know, and and I was, you know. I would spill things on my shirt and throw the socks in the corner and do things that weren't very nice and I had it. She, she helped me become a better person, you know, and vice versa and that's why God made us be developed in relationships and we get developed in relationships in a church. We need a church to help us To help us uh, and that's how God speaks to us through you can't be uh, in the perfect will of God all by yourself you need people around you to get you there you need people around to support you and you support them the the Holy Spirit in you is gonna bless me and the Holy Spirit in me can bless you because we're all given different gifts yeah and the gifts are given the Bible Bible says for uh, the body they're given to the body for the edification of the Saints you see? And you can't practice the gifts of the Holy Spirit by yourself.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the hand can't say to the foot, hey, I don't need you.
0: That's right. <laughs> you, you mentioned, um, this is kind of the last thing I, I remembered that I forgot. Um, you mentioned in regards to when you're opening a church, you have to be really open to the community. Um, there is a criticism from the Russian community at your specific church that happened when you guys uh, were giving out, I think, gift cards or something like that, to welcoming. I think either it was a grand opening or something like that. And um, people were criticizing you guys for being like, hey, you guys are giving stuff away. You guys are being very seeker-sensitive. Um, and I know you addressed that, hey, we're trying to bring people in not with worldly things. We incorporate um, things like drums and all these things. But we want people to know jesus and i just wanted to make that specific thing because i've heard that go around and um you already addressed it with that very specific thing (laughs) (laughs) so when you go to a wedding Mm -hmm.
1: and they have something they call party favors and you take home a bag of coffee beans or a chocolate it's pleasing do they have to do that no they don't but they choose to do that why because they're thankful that you came I look at gifts in church the same way. Um, every time we have a new guest, we give out, I think right now, we used to give out water bottles. Now we give out coffee mugs. It's still something to this day. Just as a thank you for visiting us. We we hope uh, that your time with us was pleasant. We'd love to pray for you in any way we can. And if we'd like to answer any questions, you could feel free to reach out to any of our pastors, our team that... Um, coordinates with that with the simulations and whatnot so I don't look at it as a um, negative thing at all I look at it a very positive thing and I think I think every church should have something pleasant that that a person can take home and it's you're not trying to buy a person in any way you're just blessing them with a gift that they that they blessed you with their presence
0: awesome Uh, do you have any questions for us we're not very, we're not very um, interesting, but if you had any questions.
1: You know, I don't. At this moment, I don't.
0: Yes. Um, well, I mean, I mean, really appreciate it. Yeah. It's,
1: well, well I appreciate you guys reaching out. i love to do this anytime. Um, I think it's very important to get the message out there, to get, you know, uh, our heart out there. We often ask people i this is the last thing I'll say is often as people, we are very quick to judge from the outside, not knowing what's going on in the inside. Mm -hmm. Um, Through this process, I've I've went through uh, people that I was good friends with, people at one point that I ministered to, um, you know, say things and and, and things that aren't true. And uh, instead of calling and asking and saying, hey, is this true or is this, you know, things like that. And, you know, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to divide people. He wants to divide us. He wants to divide believers, and he wants to take away the unity. And we need to guard the unity. We need to guard the unity in the church. We need to guard the unity, you know, amongst believers, different types of churches, different cultural churches, um, languages. We need to guard the faith. And I think it's something. It's special what you guys are doing because this is this is part of it. It's helping people understand. You know, Bible says, know the truth. Truth will set you free. It's going to set you free from judgment, judging under prejudging. You know, something, not understanding why things are done a certain way um yeah so that's that's i think what i want to finish off with